Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we get into a discussion around uh, telecoms um, in South Africa. Um, a lot of the time, we think of telecoms either from uh, the point of view of you holding your phone up to your face or in your hand texting, but there's a whole lot that's going on behind the scenes. And for today, we're going to be chatting with the team from MTN um, around their strategy when it comes to the whole wholesale part of uh, that uh, of their business um, that's uh, basically uh, the part of the business that has to do um, uh, with uh, with the cell phone and data traffic in the background you know that's moving between towers between data centers between um, you know network operators and that's the discussion uh, that we are going to be having with Quintus de Beer who is MTN South Africa's uh, executive uh, for wholesale Quintus, greetings to you today. Hey, good afternoon, Mudiwa, and thanks for the opportunity. Now, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think MTN is one of those brands that everyone knows. Usually at this point, we tend to ask people um, to give us some insight into the company that they're coming from. But within the South African context, um, you know, most people know who's, uh, who MTN is, uh, largest mobile operator on the continent, second largest in South Africa, uh, around 34 or so million uh, customers in the country on the mobile side. But when we're talking about uh, wholesale, national wholesale, um, could you give us some insight into what that piece of the business is and what it's about? Thanks, Mandiwa. So I think there was the realization in MTN a couple of years ago that at a broader group level that we sit on all these assets that we have invested in that allows our business to, to, to run on a, on, a, on a daily basis. But it was also an opportunity to further extract more value out of it. And effectively, what from a group perspective that we started to do is we started to look at how do we enable this? What do we do? And I think you would see if we look at our ambition 2025 um, statement that we put out into the market was that we are going to focus on network as a service as well as platform businesses. So the two are kind of interrelated when you start to talk about um, wholesale business in South Africa. So the idea behind it was to say, You've got a network, we know how to do the retail side, but let's open up our network for wholesale partners. The wholesale partner effectively comes to us, they take capacity from us on the network, they develop their own products of, it's not an MTN product, the, the brand is, it's their product, their entity, and, and how they run their business, that on it, and then they go to market. So in that way, we're actually monetizing the business that uh, that we are in for, which is separated from the retail business, but we are still part of MTN. Um, I think, uh, you know, something to understand then uh, from that point of view of opening up your network um, to some of the other players that are there in the market is maybe understanding what that uh, specifically means. I think there's a, a big case study at the moment that a lot of people in telecoms have been keeping an eye on is the fact that Cell uh, um, C has moved its radio access network to MTN. Uh, they've kept their core network, but they run their radio access network through MTN. Uh, just understanding, uh, you know, what that what that actually means uh, when we say opening up your network, you know, to other people. Is it the towers? Is it the fiber data centers? Like, what are we talking about? 
Yeah, I think uh, your your question is, is is quite broad. The answer is basically to everything. But in principle, if you look at Celsius, Celsius opted not to build their own network anymore, but rely on our physical infrastructure. And what they would do is then we would then create, let's call it a pipe or a segment for them in which they can then um, run their business on. So we host the physical infrastructure. We put the security in. We put the um, electricity in there. And we do the modernization and everything that is required. And what they then do is they then use that, and we say that pipe, they can then use in their own way then to create their own business. So in that case, we are just, a call it the infrastructure provider. And then, so that's the one side. And there you would see we, we have done business with C. We also have a roaming arrangement with Telcom, where they also in certain areas are getting access also to our network in order to enable their customers on that same same principle. The MVNOs are slightly different in the sense that you don't use the same technologies as you would for a national roaming agreement with like CELC and Telcom, but there effectively you give the customer a SIM. That SIM is then enabled on our network and the customer can then make voice calls, do data sessions in very much the same way a retail customer would. So my so am I understanding it correctly to say that uh, you know presently you know three of the biggest offerings from an MTN wholesale point of view would be the roaming piece you know that we're talking about uh, the traditional roaming um, such as what you guys have with Telcom and then there's I'm not sure you know how to what words to use for Celsi moving their radio access network to um to MTN and then uh, the merge the mobile virtual network uh, operator side of things and I'm pretty sure that I think the fourth piece would be um you know backhaul between uh, you know data centers and the like am I understanding it correctly in terms of those four pieces or is there more uh, so there is actually more, but just to, to, to clarify your understanding. So even Telcom is working on almost a similar principle as Celsi. The only difference is, is that Celsi decided not to have a net, radio network at all, where Telcom is seeing it as a supplementary net, um, network to their own network in order to enable their services. But it's kind of the same technology and principles that we apply, and that's what we call national roaming business. You're right, we then have the MVNO business, which is another part of our business. And then also in our national wholesale um, environment, we've got two other businesses that's, that's running in there. The one is around carrier services. That is less known to a lot of people, but that's where we run the interconnect services. So that is making a call between ourselves and Vodacom or Telcom or Celsi. We manage that relationship as well as through our Global Connect partner in group. Also allowing international interconnect to allow you to make calls outside of the country and also international roaming. So when you travel overseas and the calls need to connect to MTN, we are basically facilitating that in, in our own structure. And in the last leg that we've got is we refer to it as the fixed services. But effectively, the services that we sell, for instance, not that well known, but we do FTTH services. Um, we do point to multipoint services as well. And then also recently, we also launched the Tarana product, which allows you, I think it's called loosely in the market, Air Fiber. That's not our name. It was the supersonic name. But it's a similar technology that you use, which creates 
a fiber-like experience if you if you don't have a fiber presence in your in your business. But again, all of these businesses are selling to other wholesale partners, and in most cases even to our competitors because that's the way the interconnected environment works in the in the telco market. Um, it's actually quite interesting, you know, that you mentioned Air Fiber because I believe that on this platform, uh, previously, uh, sometime back, we did speak to Calvin Collette, uh, who was MD of uh, Supersonic at the time, um, you know, uh, to get an understanding of what you know the Air Fiber, uh, the Air Fiber offering, you know, was uh, was about um, at the time. So now that we have an understanding of the business, what it is that you guys do, the different uh, verticals that you guys are operating in and those different areas you guys um, are trying to become the the network or the network partner of choice uh, when it comes to wholesale um, what's the strategy and when I say what's the strategy I mean you've got ambition 2025 which has a number of uh, different facets that you guys have but from a wholesale point of view are you looking to become the partner of choice across you know all of the businesses you know like uh, that you've just described to us, or are there certain pieces, um, you know, of those businesses that you think will help you to gain the attraction uh, that you guys are looking for in the market? Look, I think we're, we're a very ambitious bunch, so we want to have everything that we can get. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think in, in, in reality, it's not always possible. I think the interconnect market is very much a regulated market, and it's only so many partners that you can do business with. So I think that's kind of a maintenance business, but also enhancing the products that you that you can inside of it. You then have the, the fixed services. The fixed services we definitely want to expand on. We've got very good fiber assets that we can put into the market. We think the the fiber products that we've got is excellent. We also think that the Tirana product will make a huge difference in, in, in smaller communities, especially. And then the MBO business, I think, is where we where I think we really want to put a lot of focus into. We think from a not just because you are an MBO, but I think the thing behind it is, is that you stimulate entrepreneurship and you stimulate innovation. And then by doing so, you're actually creating new niches, you're creating the ability for communities to connect. And those communities can be different based on whoever they support, where their loyalty lies, some cause, or just being in an area where some connectivity, specialized connectivity is provided. So at that level for us, it's also how do we empower the rest of South Africa to actually get a better connected um, life. And to do that, we can't always go into those areas. We don't have the always um, the necessary insight to understand how, what is that community's problem you're trying to solve or that group of people. And then, as you know, most of innovation uh, I've started in garages. All the successful people started in garages. They didn't start in big corporates. And, and through that, what we have seen is a lot of people coming to us saying, I've got this idea, but I need, a, I need data to enable it. So how can I use this as part of my proposition in order to build something? And then our hope is through that is one, stimulate the economy, create jobs, and then at the same time also build this connectivity solution where we cannot always reach these people that can reach into those communities and, and, and areas. Um, Quintus, maybe you could give us some insight into the economics of uh, of running uh, an MVNO, right? And when I say economics, uh, it seems there's certain types of businesses 
um, that have uh, opted to get into the space. Um, three of the big banks in South Africa, Capitec, uh, Capitec Standard Bank and FNB have uh, networks of their own. Uh, Mr. Price, uh, which is a retailer, has, has a network. I think Pick and Pay has a network uh, which is running off of uh, MTN. Um, the common theme, you know, across the names I've just uh, mentioned is that they all retail. They all have a retail uh, customer facing, you know, element to them. Are those the only types of businesses for whom an MVNO can work? Or as a small business, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe I can have, who knows, maybe a network just for me and my employees, you know, as a business, I've got a staff of a hundred and, uh, you know, we are, a, we are data heavy business. And I just want to make sure that my people have connectivity. We create our own network and it works like that. Like, you know, what, what works, what have you guys seen working in the market? Yeah, I think maybe to answer that, I would answer it in the following way. I think let's swap the industries. Let's take industry out of the picture just for a moment. So what you typically would find, and okay, the first disclaimer is MVNO is not going to be for everybody. It takes a lot of hard work to get it done. The telco work is hard work. So it's not for everybody. So it's not a silver bullet. So let's just start there. I think the second one is you typically would get, let's say, a company, small business that wants to create loyalty. And what they want is they will use this data product to either encourage more loyalty by using, let's say, the app, for argument's sake. So that's the one kind where they're not necessarily creating the MVNO for a huge profit, but to supplement their services, then you might find a bit of cross-subsidization taking place. And that's across all industries. The second type that you, that you get is, I would say, the guys that's really chasing profit by working with price and have a customer experience differentiation that says, I've got a better experience and I'm in it for data. You can buy data from me and I will do a good job in providing that to you and very good customer service. And I'll sell a couple of other products on top of it. So there, if you think about some of our partners, you think about Afrihost, Mweb, Box, you can get all into all of those brands. So they're very much data connectivity businesses, but they do sell other services on top as well. And then what is, what is less known, and I think it got lost a little bit, as you find somebody like a multi-choice who is actually running on all of our, our network. And what they have done is they've effectively created a product where they are selling their subscription product on top of our network for people that don't have fiber or not using the decoder um, system of, of, I would say, of the past, but um, that is still around. So you get these different nuances sitting in there. Now, in terms of industry, Lots of industries, again, they can apply it in different ways. They want to make money out of it. They want to use it for loyalty. They want to use it as an enabler. So if you think about the banks, the banks might argue, well, we need lots of data for our customers to use our, our apps because we don't necessarily want them in a branch. So how do I do that in the most cost-effective way? So you understand? So that's kind of the, the nuances that you get around it. In terms of the economics, I think the economics will get better as we move into 5G. Um, for now, I think it's a, the, the barrier to entry is still a bit high in terms of the management services and the thing you need behind it. But I think as it moves along, 5G starts to bring in all kinds of new things in terms of private networks, where you can actually build your own little network. If you think about the mines and some of the case studies that's coming out, 
you can actually have a network just around the mine. It's only available to them. They're the only ones that can use it, but that runs their business. Or you can even get, and I think that will happen in the future, you will get one of the bigger MBNOs that might decide they will specialize in a gaming experience where the gamers want a very low latency, high quality connection. Now to do that, you must configure your network a little bit different. Now, just as we supply these big pipes to a cell C or to a telecom, you eventually will end up with a MVNO coming and say, I want a little pipe, but that pipe must operate in a certain way because that will give me the best experience. But again, that becomes a bit more sophisticated than some of the guys that just wants to have a very basic service, connectivity service that they want to put into the market. Hmm. You know, one of the things that uh, I think maybe we can uh, close on for today, because I can see that we are running out, out of time a little bit, um, is that uh, a common theme, you know, throughout uh, this discussion appears to be the issue of, uh, you know, network sharing, infrastructure sharing, you know, to say, does it really make sense? You know, I think in the world of fiber, um, in certain, you know, there's that joke that in certain parts of Johannesburg, you can have literally four or five you know fiber operators on the same street um you know whereas in other parts of the country there isn't even one uh, that's operating there you know so at least from my view it sounds like uh, a game of efficiencies um a, a game of you know you know to say that uh the old days of you know trying to conquer south africa with as many towers and you know network as as possible those days are gone if you want to uh, be running a lean and mean or you know uh, telecoms uh, operation now uh, there does need to be that partnership that comes into that comes into play uh, so maybe that's where we can end off you know you just telling us uh, how you how you see that issue of network sharing uh, and infrastructure sharing you know uh, continuing or just evolving over time because um, I think even 10 years ago there weren't that many MVNOs 10 years ago the roaming agreements were not at the level that they are right now there is you know that uh, evolution that is happening in the South African market. Absolutely, and it's not just South Africa. It's even if you go into the African continent, we're seeing that happening even more and more in that space as well. Because there's a big realization that where technology is going, you need to invest. And to invest, you need lots and lots of money, and you have to be patient to get that return back. So I think that's kind of the one thing that is definitely pushing us um, quite a bit. I think the other ones, which you can, which is I think is well published. If you think about things like load sharing, your ability to provide your own power, you look at security, the vandalism, the issues that sits around it, your cost to run a network is just increasing. So you almost, as much as you you think there's efficiencies, you're almost being pushed into how do we work together to get the best possible solution for South Africa. And and to your point there, it does make it doesn't make any sense anymore to say. We're in this race to see who's got the most sites and who's got the most this and the most that. It's important to get coverage, but there is ways we can work together. I think one of the things that always is just a challenge is obviously we need to be very careful of the competition law and, and, and how we work together because you, you can run into other problems there. So we need to be very careful how those regulations work, but it makes absolutely sense. There's no reason for people to do that. And, and as the network, especially 5G, becomes more of a commodity. Smaller and smaller players can actually use this network even better without having their own networks and that huge investment that they need. They can focus on what they're good at and let us focus on what we are good at. 
No, most certainly. So that's been it, you know, fascinating conversation around uh, the issue of uh, of wholesale operations over at uh, MTN. Uh, they have, they're trying to drive a strategy where they become uh, the network partner of choice when it comes to wholesale. Um, a number of uh, different pillars when it comes to that business. Now, we spoke about roaming. We spoke about uh, mobile virtual network operating uh, entities. We also spoke about carrier services, interconnect. Uh, and uh, we also spoke about, I think, fiber came into uh, came into the discussion, particularly around air fiber. And then just talking about uh, the fact that uh, there is a lot more uh, network sharing that is going on at the moment. Spent quite a bit of time talking about uh, MVNOs, um, you know, where you have some of the operators in the case um, of MTN. They've got uh, the likes of Pick and Pay uh, that are running their networks through them, um, as well as a partnership with MultiChoice and uh, the issue just being around what are the economics where does it work and you know how does um, how do some of these businesses that want to drive loyalty uh, that maybe want to make it easier for their customers to um, uh, get onto their platforms you know maybe you are a uh, private business that wants to do a uh, a private network of some sort uh, Quintus just saying that uh, as we move towards 5G uh, those are some of the things that are going to be enabled even you know or even better as we move forward. So that's been it. We were talking to uh, Quintus De Beer, who is uh, executive for wholesale over at MTN South Africa. Quintus, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.